is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. My name is Lupe Ramirez, and with me is a guest that has been on the show before. This is his second time on the show. Everybody, please welcome the Florence Kid, Anthony Pistorio. I, I had to call you the Florence Kid because I remember the last time we had Connor Malt on the show and we released that episode, you had hit us up and said, I think it's funny that Connor calls me the Florence kid. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I was like, I'm just the Florence kid. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. I mean, uh, appreciate it. I'm glad to have you on. How how has life been outside of FHS? Uh, I mean, it's been it's been it's been different, honestly. You know, a lot to adjust to with college and stuff. But uh, it's been awesome. It's been fun. You know, growing up is a scary part of life, but I think I'm doing all right. What's your favorite part about college right now? Probably my major. I mean, sports business management. I, I love it. It's so it's so much fun. Uh, you know, just the whole criteria of it. You know, it's been my dream. If I'm not going to play you know, professional sports, I want to be around it at least some way. And I think business management has always been kind of my plan B, but now it's my plan A. So I, I love it. So that's probably what I would say is my favorite. So what are those introductory courses like? Like what, what, what's your first semester schedule looking like? Uh, well, you've got your base classes for college. You've got like, you know, your English, your algebra and stuff like that. But for major classes, I've got uh, intro, into, intro into business marketing, uh, economics class, uh, marketing class, a lot of, a lot of numbers-based classes, you know, how to work stock markets and uh, salary caps and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'm learning right now. Uh, luxury tax, it's it's a lot, but it's fun. It's not like difficult homework. It's homework that I enjoy doing because it's, you know, my, my passion, my profession. So so what was your first day at GCU like? Um, <laughs> so for moving week, I kind of just stayed in my dorm because like when I, once I moved in, I didn't really know anybody up there. So I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to just do my same old thing that I usually do when I'm down here. And then eventually once my roommates moved in, I got to meet them and stuff and I kind of went out and did stuff, went to some uh, events that we had on campus and stuff and met people. But at first, you know, it was a little quiet, didn't really do much. But now I'm doing – I'm waking up at 3 p.m. every day because I'm up till 4, 4 a.m. every other night. So it's an experience, man. It's, it's awesome, though. So what has been your most favorite memory of GCU this far? Honestly, we've got this big event called Midnight Madness we do every year. It's for, uh, like, our basketball introduction and stuff. It – it was off the chain, man. Uh, I got to, like, see how the student section was for the first time, and, I mean, that entire arena. It's not the biggest arena, but it is one of the loudest arenas I've been in. Just the way they build it and how passionate the uh, students are there, man, it's awesome. The culture there is great. So that was probably my favorite memory so far, just being there with everybody. And uh, they gave out free T-shirts. Who doesn't like free stuff? So, you know, got that free merch. So now that you're at GCU, what was it like returning back to Florence this past Friday? when they were having their final home game and their homecoming game against the ALA Ironwood Warriors. What was it like for you to, to return to Florence High School like that? Um, you know, it was nice to uh, come back down and see some of my old friends and teammates and, you know, see the uh, coaching staff and stuff. It had been a while. Uh, you know, I've been busy. They've been busy. So I haven't really had much time to talk to anyone or uh, socialize anyone, you know. So coming back down, it was nice to – it was just nice to see them again, man, you know. Uh I obviously been keeping up with them up in college, you know, seeing some of their stuff. They had a live streamed game. I'd watch that, uh, just keeping up with their stats and stuff. And it was good to see them in person. And uh, it was honestly one of the most. I was shocked to be honest with the game. I mean, it was one of the most exciting high school games that I honestly saw, I've ever seen because you know I haven't been able to watch much high school football. I was playing, but 
yeah, from a viewer standpoint in the stands, it was one of the most exciting games I'd ever seen. And what was it like? Because we were going back and forth while you were in the stands. I was walking on the sidelines, and we both agreed that the team with the red numbers was going <laughs> to win the game. So what was it like to be back there? I know your best friends with Teapot. He was last year's homecoming king, so he had to hand off the crown to Isaiah this year. So what was it like to participate in those festivities outside of being in that? Because you were in Stugo and you were involved in those those festivities pretty highly, right? Yeah, uh, I was in a lot of stuff when I was in high school, but I don't know. It, it's kind of it's kind of weird sometimes, you know. Uh, you know, seeing all seeing all of the festivities and stuff, and I'm like, you know, I'm not there now. I'm in the stands. It's kind of like, well, it's a reality check. Like, dang, I'm getting older, man. I'm I'm getting old. I'm getting old. But uh, yeah, no, uh, it was it was good to come down and see Teapot again too. I know he actually is the one who brought me down because he had to come get me from GCU. So it was good to hang with him, and we got to watch our watch our guys play again and talk. So it was on. It was honestly such a great time this weekend. I had a lot of fun and. Uh, yeah, you know, I was obviously never the homecoming king or anything like that. I I didn't really like that kind of stuff. So that's just me, though. What, but what was it like to actually be there with, like, old teammates and see, like, old teachers and stuff like that? Like, what what was that feeling like? Because I think, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I don't think I even went to my 10-year reunion. I went to San Diego to go meet up with Daniel when he was still in the Navy. So what was that like going back to FHS on a homecoming event? Honestly, I didn't expect to see so many people that I knew. I mean, uh, I seen teacher after teacher that I saw. You know, it's kind of funny because you build certain relationships with certain teachers based on how you act in their classes when you're there. And <clears throat> while I was a good student, you know, there were a couple times, a couple teachers that uh, weren't too keen on me. But, uh, I mean, even seeing them Friday night, they were like hugging me. How are you doing and stuff? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing good, you know. College has been great. But, yeah, it's 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 not – weird but it's like it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think how many people remember you I mean it's only been a couple months but still you feel like people would forget when they've got so many classes with so many students but I mean I guess I made my mark some way so you know that, that's one way to look at it you're a pretty unforgettable dude <laughs> so now that we've gotten a little bit into what the Florence game was like what was it like to see your team actually face adversity and not be in you know in it because this time it was a very back and forth game that the one thing that I loved about Florence is that their defense was able to neutralize Aiden Williams and his explosive run game because there was so many times where they would give him the ball and he would just get stuffed and and you could just hear that energy coming from the Florence bench and sideline like what what was it like to be a part of it in the crowd this time because like I said you've said it before you're you're so used to being in the game that it's a totally different feel to be a spectator yeah uh, it, it was definitely it was definitely different it, it was a lot more energetic because I mean obviously when you're on the field you're not you're not thinking every play how loud the fans are or anything you're just focused on your job in the field but it, I mean it was loud in the stands and I'll give coach Harder's credit uh I've had I've had my fair share of coaches but he's one of the He's one of the smartest coaches with his game plans, and I think his game plan worked effectively. Uh, I mean, 
they stuffed they yeah I knew that this kid was like one of the best rushers in three A. I think he actually was like the top rusher mm-hmm. in three A. And for the def- for the defensive line to come up that big during the whole game and shut it down and force the passing game was honestly huge. So I think credit to Coach Hart. I mean he's just a he's one of the best game planners that I've ever I've ever been a, been able to be a part of, and uh, I'm grateful for that. But I mean yeah, once you get that going too, then you get the fans involved, and that gets the players in the field energetic. Uh, it was kind of cool though to be in the stands for once. You know, I didn't have to I didn't have to worry about getting yelled at uh, every play for not doing my job or you know not reading my gap. So there, there's that. And and when the game was over, did you actually get a hop on the field and say you know congratulations to any of the players or coaches, or did you kind of skate out of there? Uh, you know, I kind of waited by the gate. Uh, I kind of let the players and coaches have their moment because you know this is their team. Obviously, this is not my team. I'm not a part of it anymore. So you know, I waited to let them you know celebrate and stuff, and then I went up to a couple coaches after on the uh, side of the track, shook their hand and stuff, and uh, met up with a couple of my you know my guys on the team. Shook their hands, talked to them for a little bit, and then I made my rounds and kind of bounced out of there after. What was your weekend like? Because I know that you were we – were, we were trying to get this done earlier, but you had some Diamondbacks baseball games yeah. to watch, and then my son's birthday was this past Saturday. So how has it been like to actually watch the Diamondbacks and see them make this miraculous attempt at winning their second World Series? I mean, it, it's incredible uh, – you know, uh, as they say, embrace the chaos, man. I mean, it's cre- it's it's probably the true Cinderella story. Uh, I know that they came in with a three percent chance to even win the World Series at the beginning of the year, and now they're three games away from winning the World Series. Uh, as a as a diehard fan, you know, I, I grew up Arizona bred with fan with fan base and everything. I mean, Suns, Diamondbacks, Cardinals. I mean, to see them this close. It's all. It's there's no words to explain it. I mean, it's chaos, and, and that's what that's their slogan. And I mean, it fits so well because they they create chaos. They steal bases. They bunt well. That that's their game. And if they continue to play their game, I have a feeling I'll be buying a lot more merch for uh, you know championship teams here pretty soon. So you know what's more chaotic? The fact that you were talking about how you're getting old. And, brother, you weren't even alive when they won their first World Series. <laughs> I was there. like I rem- cause, and, and I'm not sure if you knew this, but I w- I'm a Yankees fan. So I was sitting on that couch cheering for the other team. And when Luis Gonzalez got that hit, everybody in my house was jumping around. And I just remember just sitting on the floor, just like crisscross applesauce, just licking at my ankles like, this wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't supposed to happen. And, and now I see them making it. And against a team like the Texas Rangers, who, to be honest, I kind of would, would have much rather seen them beat and take on the Houston Astros than the Rangers, but we'll, we'll save that for a different time. But the fact that they're in there, I feel like they definitely have a good chance of walking away with it. If they'll go the full seven games, I'm not sure, but there's so many different coincidences that have happened this year that also happened in 2001 like Randy Johnson taking out a bird and Zach Gallon taking out a bird, uh, not in the same type of sense, but you know, in the same yeah, way. Yeah, and I saw that too. The uh, the All Star game in two thousand one was in Seattle. The All Star game this year was in Seattle. And uh, did you also see the thing where every team that beats the Brewers in the playoffs wins the world or goes to the World Series every year? I didn't see that. Yeah. So when the Dodgers went to the World Series uh, against the Rays, they beat the Brewers. Uh, when the Braves went to the World Series, they beat the Brewers. 
So yeah, every team that's like that's like that's just another like you know little conspiracy theory like that or something. But yeah, it's cra- yeah it's crazy. There's a lot of similarities, and uh, I just hope that they can get it done, man. I mean, to get this far with how much adversity they faced, you know, I mean, especially in the last series against the Phillies, that that to me was the craziest series ever. I, I went to two of the games in that series. I went to Game Three and Five, so. You know, I had to start selling clothes in college to get tickets to Game Five, but hey, man, it was worth it. I was going to ask you because I, I, I was, I did see that on your social media. How was that going to those games and being a part of that experience? Because I haven't been to Chase Field in so long, but being there when the games actually matter has to be a totally different feel, right? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'd never been. So I've been. I mean, I've been to sporting events, but I've never been to a baseball playoff game. And I've always heard, oh, postseason baseball is the most electric atmosphere you'll ever be a part of. And so I wanted to give it a try. And uh, if there's any, you know, sign that how good, how much I enjoyed it, I went to Game Five after Game Three. Uh, game Game Three was one of the most electric sports atmospheres I'd ever been around. Cause, uh, I mean, their backs were against the wall. They were down 2-0, but they finally were back at home. And that fan base. They showed up, man. I mean, from the first pitch in the first inning to the last pitch in the ninth inning, that fan base was loud. And that's what made me want to go back to game five. I mean, I'd never been a part of something so huge like that. And, you know, maybe the fact that game three tickets were on a Tuesday at 2 p.m., so they were going at about $13 for a postseason game. So, I'll, you know, as a struggling college student, I had to snag those tickets. But it, it is it is unlike anything you will ever be a part of, I can tell you that. And I'm just grateful that I was able to experience it not once but twice. And then could I get your honest opinion on their uniforms? Do you like the current brick red and black colorway, or would you prefer them going back to the purple and teal and green? Um, well, I'll say this. I love the jerseys now. Uh, I love the brick red. I think it's tough. My favorite UD that they have is personally the all black with just the A on the side. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're in the World Series. I think we got to, you know, bust out some 2001 pinstripe white unis because those to me are some of my favorite jerseys of any sports team in any sport. I mean, I just love the white with the purple sleeves. It just looks so, it just, to me, it embraces Arizona. I don't know why. It just, that's our thing to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I... I didn't really agree when they tried to do the whole uh, identity change for them, so to speak, when they went from purple to red and they were trying to make them the same type of colorway as the Cardinals in a way. But I, I, I didn't really feel it. Like even as a Yankees fan, I kind of respected more the old colorway because it seemed more like you said, it was more Arizona, like the red and black to me, it's kind of everywhere. And I feel like even in high school like that, doing like graphics and stuff like that that's one thing that i've noticed is that there's so many teams with red and if not there's teams that are trying to incorporate red so it's 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 a very popular color but i i don't see the the fit of it for the diamondbacks right now yeah it's just not our style i mean i i like them now but to me the white and like i said the white and purple in the gray, that just that that was our thing. Nobody had nobody had a colorway like us. So to me, that was like special for us. So yeah. And what about the new Arizona Cardinals uniforms? Are you, are you digging those? Because to me, I feel like they're the most simplistic uniforms in the NFL today. Simple but tough is what I would say. At first, I I saw them and I was kind of like. And, and I was kind of on the on the edge about them, wasn't sure. But when I saw them on TV on the field, 
personally, me, I like it. I like the all red. I don't. I like that there's no stripe on the home uniforms and the pants. I like that it's just all red with the word Arizona large on the front of the jersey. The white jerseys, to me, are some of the coolest away jerseys I've seen in football. I like the black. The black ones are okay to me. I'm not a big fan of those ones, but I like the white. I like the white jerseys a lot. Uh, but I'm I'm a big fan of their jerseys. Um, you know, I didn't really like the jerseys they've had the last 10 or 12 years, so I think it's an improvement at least. And what about the Suns? Because it seems like just about every Arizona team is getting new jerseys this year, and, and the Suns are one of them as well. Yeah, well, in basketball, they all they always get new uniforms. Every team does every, like, five years or so. Uh, I've seen them a couple times. Uh, they're, they're cool. They're better than the old ones, again, I think, that they, used, they, they had. Uh, I just felt like the old ones they had were too modern. These ones are kind of a little throwback to the retro unis used to have with the current colors so yeah i think they're cool i I don't think any arizona team really has bad jerseys uh they're all they're all cool in their own way yeah that's true and i know that gcu is getting ready to unveil their new basketball unis here soon we just did actually they're out uh i think we have we have a black jersey with purple lettering i think it is the coolest alternate jersey in all of basketball uh I, i love our new logo our colors are I mean, how can you go wrong with purple, white, and black? Uh, yeah, our new jerseys are, are insane, man. I love them. All right, let's pivot back to Florence because Florence is back in the playoffs for another year. Now, this year is going to be a little different because they are going to be on the road, which is something that they were doing last year, but it's going to be a different team they're going to be facing. This time, they're looking to face the Thatcher Eagles. In your past experience, what is it like playing those mountainside teams like Thatcher, like Blue Ridge, and, and those teams like that? Uh, up there, man, they are bred big, and they are bred tough. Uh, they're not going to let off the, the pedal at all. Uh, they give it 110% on every play, and they're they're big and strong. So, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've played in Thatcher Stadium one time my sophomore year, and if it's anything like they've been the last couple of years, they're going to be big and they're going to be strong. And they're going to fire off the ball. So I think that the most important thing for Florence this year around the playoffs is they got to get off to a fast start. Uh, last year was kind of a slow start. I think if they get off to a fast start this year, though, they can do just fine against Thatcher. But from what I know, Thatcher, like I said, they're big, they're strong, they're tall, and they're tough. And they'll, they'll, fight, they'll fight off the ball every play. And last year, if I'm not mistaken, your your opponents were the Round Valley Elk. Mm-hmm. And what was it like playing in that dome compared to when you're used to playing in a wide open field? I, honestly, I don't really feel like it had an effect. It, I mean, it was, it was cool to be in a in a stadium in a dome, but I mean, you're never really looking up at the dome during the game, thinking about it. Uh, I mean, the atmosphere wasn't really different. It just, I don't know. They had air conditioning, on, so it felt like you were outside, even though you weren't. Uh, so I didn't really feel like it had anything to do with it. But then again, I feel like Round Valley, in a way, last year is kind of like Thatcher this year, too. And then they got big guys that fire off the ball. And instead of playing in Thatcher, they're going to be playing at Eastern Arizona College. And Florence comes into this game as the 10 seed while Thatcher is the 7. What is it like to see your team improve? Because if I'm not mistaken, Florence was... Uh, a lower seed than that last year, correct? Yeah, I don't remember what we were, but I know we weren't in the top 10. I think we were just outside at like 12 or uh, we were like 12 or 11. So I'm I'm, I'm glad to see them improved. Uh, <clears throat> they've had a better season this year than last year, I feel. 
and it, I'm just glad to see them back. You know, I know that a big question that a lot of people gave them, well, even myself, uh, I, a big question was, well, will they be back? And if they are back, will they be a higher seed or will they barely just make the cusp? Uh, and I was one of those doubters at first, but they made me believe just like I feel like they made a lot of people believe. And at one point, I mean, they were battling in the top five in 3A. I mean, they were that good. And they have a couple little blemishes on their record that they could probably change with a couple of plays. But, you know, you you can't control the past. you gotta look to the, you got to look forward now. But I think that if they go into the mindset of they know that they can they can play like a top five team in 3A, I I think they can they can make a run in the playoffs, honestly. But it starts with this game against Thatcher. And what type of mindset do you think that your former teammates and players would have to go into this game as they prepare for a team like Thatcher? Uh, I think the mindset you have to go in with is we belong. Uh, I know that there's probably still people saying today that they probably won't beat Thatcher, but for them, the mindset going into this game has to be we belong. We know where we should be ranked. We know who we sh- we know where we are at as a team, and we know what we can do when we're executing on all three sides of the ball. And if they make it past Thatcher, they won't have it any easier as they could possibly face a team that they were handed their first loss to in the Valley Christian Trojans or possibly the team that they faced in the final game of the season in ALA Ironwood. It doesn't get really any easier for ALA Ironwood as they face Valley Christian in the opening matchup for the playoffs in Valley Christian. But what are the odds that the two meet again in the playoffs in the next round? If they meet again in, in the playoffs, I'm coming. I'm coming down again to watch that because there's nothing like playoff football, and especially those two teams going at it. Those are two high-powered offenses. I mean, both of those backfields are some of the best in three A to me. So yeah, I mean, I don't know the odds of that happening, but any, but like I said, anything can happen in in the postseason. Anything can happen. So if they if they did match up. Uh, I don't know what would happen this time around. I mean, I'm sure A.L.A. Ironwood would go in with the mindset of, you know, we were three points away from beating this team. And I'm sure Florence isn't even looking ahead to that yet. They're, they're still looking at Thatcher, as I'm sure A.L.A. Ironwood's looking to Valley Christian right now. But that's a, that's a, that's a nice bracket up there, that area. That, those are four tough teams. And what has the difference been for you as a spectator to see the difference in the A.L.A. Ironwood Warriors? Because you – have played them pretty much throughout your your high school career. What has it been like to see the Warriors move up themselves and be a more formidable team? Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. In the last couple of seasons, when I was still playing, they had a little bit of a a rep of you know not winning as many games in you know four and six seasons, three and sevens. But uh, I always personally thought that they were. They were just a couple of plays away from being really competitive in games or even having leads in certain games. Uh, if you go back and look at the film, if they just execute in a couple of other plays, other seasons, they, they, win, they win a couple more games. And I think that they finally found their identity as a team. I mean, they, they're, they're slept on. They are, they are a slept-on team. Uh, th- that running back, man, I, that, that kid's got a quick first step. I mean, he doesn't he hits that hole and he goes, man. I mean, he's... He's a he's a power back for sure with some speed. I'll give him that. Uh, and 
they mix in the pass real well, and I love I love their play their passing plays. A lot of crossing routes and rub routes. I mean, just to confuse the defense. So I think they're a well coached team, uh, and it shows in the field this year. I mean, they're in the playoffs for the first time in ever. Is it their first ever first time, appearance? Yeah. yeah, like 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 I said, yeah. And that's just that's a that's a testament how good their coaching staff is. That they've they've prepared this team this well, and now they're sitting in the playoffs. And believe it or not, this is their head coach's first year. So, Coach Dawson's first year, he takes the Iron, the ALA Ironwood Warriors, and makes them into a six and four team, and a number fifteen seed in the three A. And that's definitely not easy to do. It's kind of a lot easier now because there there aren't teams like uh, Eastmark in in three A. And I see you rolling your eyes because Eastmark was never supposed to be a three A school, but then you also had ALA Queen Creek, yeah. who was a three A school at one time. And, and and it's wild to think that that was just a f- short few years ago. But now things are a little bit more balanced in the 3A. And with Florence, how has it been to see this type of resurgence in the team? Because we had uh, talked about it earlier that this is the first time that you've actually seen yourself, the community put all their chips in behind a coach that hasn't really been seen since a little bit before you were there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. It's good to see, though. You know, uh, the whole the whole motto, the product is just you got to buy in. And I think once you once you get the whole town to buy in, at that point anything can happen. I mean, I feel like I haven't obviously been around, but I, obviously it seems like the players have bought and Eileen Ironwood have bought into their their coach and you know his motto, just like how we and now the Florence community have bought into Coach Hart one hundred percent. And I mean with both teams, it's kind of funny. They're kind of similar to last year's Florence. First-year coach comes in, players buy into the product, boom, playoffs. First time in for them. That's the first time ALA hasn't been in the playoffs, and it's just like how Florence, it's the first time last year Florence got in the playoffs for a long time. So I think they're very, very, very similar teams, and maybe that's kind of why it was such a high-scoring, you know, offensive game is because both teams kind of are – embodiments of each other in a way and there was a lot uh, of different chants coming from the Florence student section one in particular was he's my barber (laughs) who were they cheering when they said he's my barber I think one of their players uh Aiden Lee I'm he's one of he's he's one of their receivers I'm I'm almost positive because I hear about it all the time from a couple of my my guys on the team that he's a barber and like he does all the their hair, like he does most of their player haircuts, and so I think that I think that's what they were chanting. I honestly, I could I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that that's what they were chanting. So, uh, sh- I think I think his thing is Lee cuts on Instagram. So shout out to Aiden uh, g- for uh, his cuts. I've seen them; they're actually they're really good. Uh, you know, for a high schooler, they're they're better than a lot of barbers that I've seen. Shout out to Aiden Lee, yeah. and hopefully we can actually get him a little bit more clientele from the people who are listening <laughs> that's to what this. It's all about. Exactly. And this game was so close. It was tied 14-14 at halftime. And at about that time, I was trying to make my way to the porta potty and, and relieve myself and then actually keep my ear to what was going on as far as the homecoming festivities. And what was it like to see your team not necessarily struggling, but fighting and having that same type of fight that you have felt being a player, but 
seeing your teammates do that and then actually see them overcome it. And one thing that I'd, I'd mentioned to you in private was this was the second year in a row that the team wearing black has won the final game on Florence's field. What was it like to see a completely different outcome? Because on, on your senior night, it was kind of marred by uh, a game that had kind of went awry with Santan Foothills. Yeah, I uh, obviously had, like you said, it was a it was a battle going into halftime, and uh, I I wouldn't say that necessarily is a blemish for Florence. Uh, you know, there's times where teams make mis- make make mental errors or they make mistakes in the field, and you're not where you want to be at halftime. But uh, I was sitting in the stands, and I know I know this coaching staff, and I know these players. Uh, they probably wanted the they they didn't go into the locker room with their heads down. They went in. They went in with more questions than answers, probably, but their questions were not about the game. Their questions were what could they do better and execute better. And I think that they just had to hit the reset button because, in a way, I feel like you got to go into halftime. You know, it's 14 to 14. You got to go in there thinking it's not, well, you got to go in there thinking we haven't even played the game yet. You know, we get, we're just playing two quarters now at 0 0. You got to go in with that mindset, I think, in the second half. And I think they did. And I also think that. A.L.A. Ironwood went in with the same mindset because both teams came out and nobody lost a step. I mean, I think both teams. I want to say, I want to say both teams scored on their first drives out of half. I could be wrong though, but definitely both offenses didn't slow it down or try to establish a run and run the clock. Both teams were were gunning for taking the lead and getting that one shutdown stop on defense. But credit to both offenses, man. They just kept rolling that whole game. No, you're right. Both teams did actually score on their first drives in the second half. And it was Logan's feet that actually led them down the field in that third quarter to, to, to start it off. Logan is a player that you've actually played with before on the field, and you've actually seen him on the court when he plays basketball. What is it like to see his growth on the field, especially because when you guys first started, it wasn't a really close relationship, right? Uh, I mean, I yeah, I had I had known Logan from middle school and stuff. Uh, I was m- more so friends with his brother Cade because I played with Cade for four years. Uh, so when Logan was a freshman, you know, I I, I I talked to Logan, but I wasn't really like that connected with him. But man, saw his sophomore year, obviously. Was a big one for him because he finally he was the starting quarterback, you know, young young sophomore. But his growth from last year to this year, man, it is insane. I mean, I I remember coming back and I saw his touchdown run, and I'm sitting there thinking this kid got fast. I mean, he was fast to begin with, but it's almost as if he's opened up a new element to his game. I mean, he's able to sit in there and take hits, but He's elusive in the pocket, and, I, and I'm not just saying this to say this, but he's one of the most talented prospects out of high school that I've been, been able to play with and that I've seen with my own eyes. Uh, and he, if he keeps it up, I cannot wait to see his growth. I mean, obviously, there's still, there's still playoffs this year, but I cannot wait to see his growth in the playoffs especially because uh, I know that last year's loss was tough on him because – he wanted to win. That's the thing about Logan. He wanted to win for us, the seniors last year. Uh, he wanted to do it for us, but that, that I think that that's just a credit to his how how good of a player he is and how good of a kid he is, man. Uh, 
he he's special. You can't you can't teach what he knows. You can't teach his talent. Uh, you're just born with that kind of with that talent. You can't teach IQ, and he's got some of the smartest football IQ that I've ever seen. And I cannot wait personally to see his growth from this year to next year because he he's he's a talented man. He's a talented kid. And what what was it like to see Josh Jackson? Because this year he's actually been dealing with a lot of injuries, and this game was probably like his return where he was actually able to go off and, and break off for a few big runs. What was it like to see his growth as a football player and seeing if there was any differences between any of the players that you had on your team last year from now? Uh, I would say that, honestly, his growth is a – I mean, I've, I've been able to be a part with Josh for three of my four years. Uh, I knew I knew his sophomore year that he was going to be – special uh he's like 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 I said he's just born with that that talent you you can't teach it uh but I think more so this year he grew as a person uh because it's tough it's tough to battle injuries your senior year uh especially when you know you want to go to college but I think that credit to his character that he didn't hold his head down and give up he put he you know he worked through the injuries uh he he showed up to his practice every day uh he got treatment, you know, he stood in the locker room with the guys. Credit to his character that he was able to push through it, and now he's back on the field as a reward. Uh, but, I mean, he he's a special piece of that offense. Uh, with Without him, with him and Logan in the backfield, that's dangerous, man. Both those guys in the backfield at the same time is dangerous because you never know what they're going to do, and you've always got to worry about them, which opens up a lot of other players on that team, like the receivers and tight ends. So credit to them. That's like like I was saying, both teams have strong backfields. I think that Florence's backfield is one of the strongest in high school right now. And what does it mean for you to represent Florence when you step foot on campus at GCU? Uh, you know, I'm just trying to do my part up there. I mean, it's not really – I'm just trying to represent – the school in any way I can uh, in a positive way. I mean, obviously there's not too many times where, you know, someone goes, oh, hey, you're the Florence kid or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I'm proud of where I come from. So, you know, anytime someone asks like, oh, yeah, I'm from Florence, Arizona, you know, it's a little small town. And I've actually had that conversation with people on campus a couple of times. They're like, well, where's that? I'm like, yeah, it's usually the answer we get is where's that or never heard of that. But hopefully that, you know, changes in the meantime. But I guess that's just me trying to do my part up there. I guess it's just who you're talking to because I feel like being in a position that I've been fortunate to be in, talking to college coaches and, and different scouts and stuff, every one of them knows Florence. Every one of them knows that Florence is the melting pot for all of these student athletes to come and grow and, and sharpen their talents. Because one thing that whenever I mention Pinal County, the first school that anybody ever mentions is Florence. So. I get, like I said, I guess it's just a matter of who you talk to. But what advice would you give to your former teammates in these playoff games as they get ready to play, for a few of them, their first playoff game? What mindset did you have going into that game that you either would change or not change? You, you can't go in. What I would say to them is you can't go into the mindset thinking this is just another game. I know like a lot of people preach that. Just think of it as another game. I mean, it's obviously it's the playoffs. Enjoy the moment. I mean, you've made it this far. 
Uh, the mindset that I would have, though, is you have to have the mindset of you know your abilities and you have to have the mindset of you are going to do your job and you can't control anything else that happens but you doing your job. And you just have to let you have to let the other players have the same mindset and let the other players do their job. Uh, I know last year I went into the mindset with uh, this was just another game and uh, that first drive, uh, that was the most nervous I had been since my first varsity start. Uh, because I had never been in the playoffs, and we had a very, very, very slow start uh, on offense. But if, if I would tell them anything, it's you enjoy the moment, embrace, embrace the fact that you have made it to the playoffs. You know, only a certain amount of teams get there every year, but have fun with it. Don't, don't think hard on it too much. You know, uh, I think that's a problem that a lot of people have is. In big moments, they crack under the pressure because they they feel the moment is too big or they're too big for the moment. So just go in there and have fun with it. But, I mean, you know the stakes are high, but you don't have to dwell on it or think that hard on it. And I think that that's a little problem that I had last year is it kind of gets me a little, and if I could have changed it, I would. But that's probably what I would say is most important for those guys going into this year. And especially for the, for the people returning, uh, for them I would say – you you know how high the stakes are. You know how the moment is. You just got to capitalize on it this year. You're almost being given a second chance, if you will. And I think they have a very good chance of beating Thatcher. I'm not one of those people that are going to be hating against them. I know in the last episode I had to go against them uh, putting my chips behind ALA Ironwood. But one thing is for sure is that as the season progressed, me and Daniel's predictions have gotten very similar and close. It's because we're both very analytical people, and even in the middle of the season, we both anticipated Florence to go to the playoffs and make it past. I knew that they would be facing somebody tough in this first matchup after their recent loss against Ben Franklin. But I think that they definitely have what it takes to make it past this team, make it all the way into the state finals. And one thing I got to ask you that I didn't get to ask you in the last episode are you a superstitious player? Were there any type of like pregame or game rituals that you had to do before you you actually performed? Uh, I didn't do any rituals, but uh, if you ever run into Logan, we had uh, we had a little superstition that every so he he has my towel still. Uh, he wore my towel last year in like week two or week one, and we beat Parker. We came back, and so. I don't know if he just said this to keep my towel from me, if he did it worked, but every time he wore the black towel, we didn't lose last year. So I guess that's a superstition is that he wears my black, my black towel and we win. Uh, but if I, any other superstitions that I had, uh, I not, I really, not really, I never really had any like certain thing I did. I mean, I always wore a wristband on my right hand, I guess and I never took it off because we kept winning, I guess, with it. But I never really had that one, like, thing that I do. Like, I know there's certain people, like, a couple years ago, the Arizona State coach would have a meatball sub before every game. Like, that. I could never do something like that, though. That just sounds like heartburn in <laughs> halftime. But how did you handle those injuries and setbacks, like we talked about for Josh earlier, when you had to take the time to do rehab and stuff like that, were you a person that was eager to get back into the game or were you someone that actually took the, the liberties of taking care of your body? 
Uh, well, yeah, I had one serious injury last year. I, I had messed up my ankle super bad, and this is three days before senior night, so this was, like, the worst time to get hurt, and I'm, I'm when I first got it carted off the field, I'm sitting there thinking, I've played four years of football, and I'm not going to get to play at my senior night. Like, are you kidding me? Like, why does it have to happen to me? But, you know, when I got home that night, I thought to myself, like, is it if is it broken? Because we had no idea. Uh, and if it was if it was broken, it was like a partial break. Like I'm not talking like a straight broken ankle. Obviously, I wouldn't have played. But like a fracture. Yeah, I, that's what I, that's what I I still think to this day that's what it was. Uh, but when I got home, I I sat down and I said to myself like, well, if it's not broken, what's the return you know table look like? And uh, I, I guess I might as well tell this story now since I can't get in trouble for it. But like, <laughs> the rule is like if you go to the doctor or something, like or the hospital for like an injury like that, like you're not able to play. Like you, you'll, they'll give you a doctor's note and stuff. Like you have to show your uh, your athletic trainer and stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously we went. I got a boot and everything. Uh, they they took X-rays of it. Never gave us the X-rays back. So that's why to this day I still don't know if I fractured it or broke it. They told us if I broke it, they would give they would show us the X-rays. They never did, so I don't think it was broken. But uh, they gave me the sheet and they were like, "Hey, show this to uh, what's it called, trainer or whatever." So we got home and I took the paper, I ripped it up, put it in the trash can because I'm like, I'm not missing this game. I can come back in three days and play. So I went to the trainer. Then the next day after school, and I was like, he was like, "Did you go to the Did you go to the hospital?" I was like, "No, nah, man. What are you talking about? I, I just went home and iced it." And he was like, "You sure?" And so you know, he kept wrapping and stuff. And then Wednesday, I'm trying to walk at practice. I could not walk, and I was like, "All right, we'll go back home." I think I iced my ankle in a bucket for four straight hours on and off because I was trying to do everything I could. Uh, and Thursday rolls around, and he gave me crutches, wrapped it up, and I started. I was able to put pressure on it and walk. And then that's when I'm sitting there like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back Friday night. There's no way I'm not. We can ankle brace it, spat it, do whatever we got to do. So then I went home Thursday night. I decided to walk with the boot on. So I'm walking around the house with the boot on trying to, you know, get the motion going. And then I wake up Friday and I'm able to walk without the boot. And I'm, and I'm in my mindset then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm playing. Do you think it was the adrenaline that got you there? I have no idea what it was. I, it might've been God's work because I prayed every night that he would give me the chance to play. But back to like, back to your question about it. My mindset at first was I'm done, but I guess, if you're really passionate about something, you will find a way. And I think that for me, that was that was how passionate I was about how much I gave and I wanted just that one moment to play on my senior night. And all glory to God, I was able to play. I think I had like 400 milligrams of Benadryl. I had an ankle brace on. I was spatted. I mean... Oh, my ankle hurt so bad after because I had adrenaline during the game, but it was worth it. But I guess, yeah, like like the question you asked, uh, my mindset changed over time. And I think that the thing about Josh, I don't think his mindset ever changed. I think he knew that he would be back, and he took his time, but he also made sure that he got healthy in the correct way. And I have a feeling that he's going to turn some heads this postseason. I feel like he's going to have a big game. Because now he's back, back. I mean, you know, you get your first game back, you get off the wheel. Sometimes you're on a bit of a snap count, but I think they're going to let him off the chain this game. And what right now at GCU is your favorite class or your favorite professor that you can speak on? 
this is interesting. Um, <laughs> dang, man. I probably have to go with my English professor because he always lets me turn in my essays late because college essays are – they're not tough, but they are long to write. And I'm always a day late with writing my essays, and I'm always like, hey, it's only been a day. Could you, like, spare me? He's always like, yeah, sure, man, just as long as it's good. And, I mean, I love I love professors. My, my professor, Professor Skeens, man, he's awesome. He's hilarious, dude. And then you got my worldview teacher who's out here canceling class for the Diamondbacks games. So, I mean, hey, that's awesome, too. I get to go watch the games, and I don't got class. Like, it's, it's awesome. I, I love my professors. I've had such a great college experience with my major and everything. Are you involved with any extracurricular activities at GCU as much as you were at FHS? Uh, not as much, but I guess if you consider inter- intramural sports an extracurricular activity, uh, I'm doing, like, flag football there still, having fun with it. I do basketball and baseball, so, you know, I still like to play the sports, obviously, so uh, those are really the only activities that I really do. Once you're in college, you get busy. Uh, you don't have the time to do as much as you think you're going to be able to, so just for anyone that's going to college soon, you're not going to have the time that you think to do whatever you want. Like, I think I go and play basketball at night twice a week for like three hours, but the rest of the week, I am just packed with homework. So for anyone that's about to go to college next year or in a couple of years, do your homework all in one sitting right away. You will have so much more free time. And how has being in college changed or has it changed your view on education? Yeah, uh, it has. Um, Obviously, in high school, towards the end of my senior year when I knew, oh, well, I'm into this college, I could practically do no more homework and still get in. Uh, You know, I kind of just slacked around, but... Don't don't do that, by the way. I'm not encouraging anyone to... I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. That was was a dumb mistake by me. Uh, But for college, it's not a reality check, but I'm... It's preparing you for like your job after it's preparing you for a real world job whatever your profession is so take it seriously uh there's not it's not hard work but it's a lot of work they they, you get a lot more work like I have an assignment I still got to do tonight when I get back up there I got to write like two paragraphs about something with analytics or whatever so I got to hammer that out but there's just a lot of work to do and it's changed my perspective on education Uh, it's important I never really thought it was going to be this serious but after like my first week being up there I had I was like all right I gotta I gotta like lock in and actually start doing this work because it's pretty important and it's going to be pretty important when applying for a job especially in the sports world because they look for many things what has it been like being on, well do you, what's your living situation like do you live on campus or off campus I'm, the I'm on campus and I'm in a six-person dorm I, I live with five other people Okay, describe that because I know that earlier we had touched on it about, you know, you meeting your, your roommates. What is your roommate situation like? Like, who's your favorite roommate? I'll put you on the spot right now. <sighs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, myself, I'm my favorite roommate, man. I can't pick a favorite, but uh, I live, so you walk in, it's three on the left, three, bed, three beds on the left, three beds on the right, in two different rooms. Uh, the good thing about my roommate situation is everyone's kind of in a business major, except for one who's being a nurse. Uh, the good thing about our living situation, though, is everyone's kind of got the same hobbies. Like, everyone's a sports fan, but uh, it's kind of funny because I live with a Bears fan, a Packers fan, a Vikings fan, and a Lions fan. 
that like that's a, that's that those dudes every week are always talking to each other and I imagine it's not nice. It there hasn't <laughs> there hasn't been there hasn't been one conversation that's been positive about their each other's teams yet. And I think we're like 3 months into the to, into the college school year. But uh it's honestly it's it's not that bad. I mean in a way, it's good to be in a six-person dorm because you meet more and more people because they know people there each, and so those people that they know know other people. Um, it's not bad. I mean, at first I thought it was going to be, like, hectic or messy and stuff, but everybody does their part in the dorm, uh, and everybody helps each other with their majors too because we're kind of all in business majors, so we all have the same curriculum. So it's nice to just sit around and have people that you can talk about your major with and get other inputs from. So, yeah, that's probably what I'd say. It, it, it's honestly great. I didn't think my college experience was going to be this fun, but it's it's been amazing. And I'm glad that I at least took this path instead of going and trying to play somewhere where I wasn't going to enjoy it. And with you being on campus, like, where's your favorite spot on campus to either chill or study? Uh, we have our student union. Uh, it's so quiet in there. It's big. Uh, there's so many computers and stuff I bring my own of course but just sit down and do your work in there I mean I'll be there for two hours I think I'm there for like seven I'll do all my homework and I'll be like dang like I got my whole day ahead of me and then you can go back and chill and do whatever and stuff and it's just there's so many things to do on our campus I mean we have this place called Thunderground where you can go down there's pool tables there's cornhole and stuff like that I mean you can it's honestly such a great campus. It's like a, in a way, it's a second home, of course, but I just feel like I'm doing my everyday thing just in another location. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the most important thing, though, is just stay on top of your work and have fun in college. I mean, it's it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I'm having fun with it. And how do you feel like you've adjusted from making that big step into adulthood where you yourself are responsible for that work, school and social life balance yeah uh it, it's big it, it really matures you up a lot in a way uh because you know you don't once you're in high school you don't have to worry about until you're a junior or senior about getting a job and working and stuff like that uh whereas in college you know you have to pay off loans under your name now so you have to worry about that uh, you have to worry about attending your classes you have to worry about waking up on time you have to worry about your laundry uh, everyday life, you have like every anything that your family had like provided for you, you now have to provide for yourself, and it's a big it's a big step in an adjustment. But I think when you're around multiple people that are having to do the same thing as you, you kind of work together and figure it out with each other. So that that's that's a big step in life. But it's good to have help from people going through the same thing as you. And what do you, uh, I'm going to ask you this because this is just a, like a completely off the wall question. Okay. What have you kept in your dorm that you didn't always have in your house as a kid that you got to have now? Um, let's see. <laughs> what have I kept? Uh, I really haven't kept much. Maybe, yeah, I, there's really nothing that like I have in my dorm now that I didn't have in my regular room. But I will say this, and I'm sure Coach Hart or someone's going to get mad at this, but I kept my helmet from – I kept my white helmet from my junior year, and it's still in there because it's a speed flex. And, you know, for the right price, maybe that's going to be someone else's, you know, just a, something to pawn off. But, I mean, I still have my helmet if that if that's anything. But that's also a special piece to me, and I, I'm sure I probably won't ever sell it because – 
the face mask is still messed up from the hardest hit I ever took. I never fixed it. So I always like to look back at it and think, like, you know, like, it makes me think of the old times, you know, the old memories I had. So that's really the only thing that I've kept in my room that, like, I never really had in my regular room because it was always in my car. Like, because you said you do your own laundry. Mm -hmm. Like, one thing that I know, like, whenever I started doing my own laundry, I never used Gain Soap because everybody in, in, in my mom's house... They all use Gain soap, so now I use Tide. So, is there anything that you've changed up now that you're the adult yeah, and you're making so, the purchases? So we, so like back at my house, like we had like the laundry detergent, like you poured in. Once I got to college, I bought I bought like two Tide Pod bags, and man, I'm just throwing Tide Pods in everywhere. It's so much easier. I, I I throw my laundry in, throw the Tide Pod in there, shut the thing, pay my one dollar and fifty cents, and I walk back to my room. And then an hour later. Take it out, throw it in my dryer. Uh, I've switched to Tide Pods though; they're so they're so easy to use. And I've, for a college student, I mean, you don't got you don't got the money to go buy laundry detergent, buy all these things. You don't got to go buy hangers. I put all my stuff in drawers, so yeah, you're, you're technically on like the biggest budget of your life when you're in college. Like you have to every cent you use, you have to be careful about using. But now that you're budgeting and you're able to do the adult thing, where's your favorite spot? either on campus or off campus to get a bite to eat and grab a coffee or something like that? Uh, well, on campus, it was Chick-fil-A because we have a Chick-fil-A on campus. Nice. But uh, I'm, down to, I'm down to $4 on my dining dollars till the end of the semester. So I've, so I've been going off campus. My favorite off-campus spot is probably a, uh, a pub and grill. It's called Stingers off campus. They got such good food. Their wings are some of the best. Uh, I'd say Stingers is probably my, my go-to spot. Do you have any memorable or even shareable moments with your roommates that you can share right now? Um, hold on, I'd have to think here. There, there's definitely some. That we've definitely had a lot of moments. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, so like we didn't know that if the fire alarm goes off in your building, even if like somebody accidentally sends it off, if they go into your room and find that you're in there, you didn't go down, you get fined like five hundred dollars for it. So the alarm's going off. Don't we didn't get walked in on like by the RAs? Like they didn't like our residents didn't see us in there, dude. It's going off and we're sitting there, sleeping. Everyone's still sleeping, yelling at the alarm to turn off because you know you're just waking up. And I get a text on my phone like 20 minutes later, and it was like reported 94 of 98 people outside of because we live in Acacia Hall. That's my hall. And you get, like, the alerts because they do attendance outside, I guess, for it. So it was, like, alert, 94 of 98 residents reported to the fire drill. And I'm sitting there, and I look across the room, and three of my other roommates are in there. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, bro, we, 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 better, we better hope that they don't come to our room. And so then we found out later that, like, you get fined $500 for it. And so we were, like, we felt like we were on top of the world. Like, we just created the biggest we, – we completed the biggest heist ever, man. Like, we, we dodged a $500 uh, – I can't think of the word right now. Uh, fine? Yeah, five hundred a five hundred dollar fine for not going out for a fire drill. So I guess that that's one of the only stories I can really tell. No, that's cool. Do you have any tips for these seniors that are going to be graduating in just a few months and, and what they can expect as they prepare for college themselves? Yeah, uh, when you're deciding where to go to college, do not go where your friends are going. It has like it will you will see your friends again. Like for example, like my best friend's Tyler. I did not go to NAU. He did not come to GCU. It was an easy decision for both of us. But do what you want to do for your think about your career first when you're picking a college because it's 
probably the most important thing when going to college. It's your major. It's the reason you are choosing that college is for your major. Do not pick a college simply based off its campus or what it offers. Those are all pluses to the campus, but pick where you're going to get the best education and the best chance to get a job for your major that you enjoy doing. Uh, That's what I did, and that's why I'm having the time of my life. And any tips for like living on campus, do your laundry on time because there are times where you will be sitting there and you're like, oh, I only have like a pair of shorts or this left. And someone's like, let's go play basketball. And you're like, well, this is my only other pair of clean clothes. Looks like I got to throw this in the dryer or I got to throw it in the washer. Stay on top of your classes. That's, that's important. That's obviously important, but do it all in one sitting. I'm telling you, if you get all your homework at once and you grind through it and sit down for like three to four hours, you will not have to worry for the rest of the week about any of it. And you can go do whatever you want. If you have dining dollars, be smart on your purchases. Do not go crazy because it will come back to bite you eventually like it did for me. And that's really all I can say right now because I'm only like three months into college. I'm still learning every day. You know, I'm still learning new stuff every day too. What's your favorite college experience right now? Uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll say this. My favorite thing to do right now when I'm at college is every night we usually have people that go down and run sevens. We, we have huge, huge fields. Uh, there's like... 17 fields on our campus, like just long fields. Uh, it's all turf. There's people always down there throwing a football or something. So every night we'll usually go down and we'll go run sevens. Or, like I said, Tuesdays and Thursdays from like 7 to 11.30 at night, I'll go and we'll, we'll go hoop at our recreational center, which is, it's insane. And another thing that I wanted to ask you, completely off topic, How has your podcast been going? Because I know that you've been looking into creating a podcast of your own. Yeah, I mean, I have I haven't obviously like started recording yet. Uh, I know I was going to. But once I once I did it, I realized like I need a lot more things for this. Like I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't. And then college kind of has gotten into the way of it a little bit and stuff. So I haven't had time. But uh, like I said, I've I've bought some things for it. I'm I'm ready to do it. I just got to figure out the time to do it. And I got to figure out like people to bring on for it and stuff. And I'm going to get it rolling soon. Like, I'm, I'm almost there. I've got, like, I've got everything from, like, logo down. I've got, you know, equipment, all that. Uh, I've got locations where to record and stuff. Uh, just once I got to get this thing for my computer, there's a couple apps. Once I get those and I figure out how to, like, use them, then I can edit my videos and stuff. Uh, and then I'm going to get the ball rolling. So I'd say I'm at, like, 70% of the way there. But, yeah, uh, hey, Antelope Podcast. It's going to be the number one rising podcast at GCU. Come – I'm going to shoot for December. Come shoot December probably. That's probably where I'll actually hit it at. So, yeah. And will it be a GCU-based podcast? Uh, I mean, it won't be – I mean, I'm sure there'll be, like, you know, talks about what's going on at the campus or, you know, stuff like that, events. But it's going to be, like, literally whatever to talk about, uh, you know, sports – world events anything going on just just like sit down and talk you know um i can already say that my first my first i already have my first guest down I'm, I'm bringing my first guest is tyler uh that's that's gonna be an interesting one uh yeah we'll probably talk for an hour so i, I like to do, probably shoot for an hour, hour and 15 max but uh yeah i'm gonna bring him on sometime in december and it's just whatever whatever we talk about, you know. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about whatever. And uh, my, my plan is always to bring, like, one to two guests on for every episode. Uh, and I, I, I thought about going down the sports route with it, but we'll see where it goes. You know, whatever whatever hits or, you know, blows up best or whatever, you know, I see is 
catching the uh, viewer's eye, I'll probably stick with that. So I'm not sure yet, but I, I think I have the coolest name, you know, Ant Antelope. I thought that that was so unique, and all my friends were like, dude, you're dumb. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. So what has been your most valuable lesson in learning since you've taken on the role of starting your own podcast? Uh, the, the lesson that I've learned is you really have to, like, put full effort into it. Like, if you say you're going to do it, you got to you gotta just do it. Uh, you can't slack with it. I mean, it's not as easy as somebody thinks. I thought it was just, oh, you plug in a few things and you talk. No, you got to, like, edit stuff. You got to render it, like, on, you know, your computer and stuff like that. You got to upload it and stuff, which takes a bit. Uh, I've learned that it's not as easy as I thought it was, and... Now, I'm still learning. Like, I'm still watching videos on how to do stuff and how to get, like, you know, the right tone and settings like that. So that's probably what I've learned most is that it's uh, – I was way in over my head at first, but I think I'm prepared for it now. And I'm actually really excited to do it because I think it's going to be a cool side part of my life. And it's also been a – it's always been a hobby and an interest of point of mine. So when you do the podcast, are you going to be audio only or are you aiming to be audio and video? I, I'm aiming to be audio and video. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, uh, you know, to have everything on time with the, the camera, with the mouth moving and the voice and the audio it picks up. It's going to be a lot. So maybe I'll start audio just first and then we'll see how it goes. And I'll try to adapt to audio and camera. But I'm pretty sure that there's going to be, with Tyler and I, at least 20 takeouts in the beginning because I, I don't even think we can get through a full intro sentence without laughing. So we'll see how it goes. Well, the people didn't know this, but you got, you got a, a hint of this earlier. This is our second take because on the first one, I had to stop immediately and said, I didn't like the way I said <laughs> got that. Got like seven seconds in and you hit the stop button. It was kind of funny. It, it's, it's not, it, it's totally like that. And even when Daniel's here, like I, even on, on our last episode, I had edited where I started using the soundboard and Daniel usually mans the soundboard. So he knows where the, the cash register is, where Homer is and all this. And I got a little too cocky on my last episode and I was like, you know, the Golden Hawks and I... Press one button, it wasn't the right one. Press the next button, it wasn't the right one. And then when he finally put his finger right over it, I pressed it, and then he cracked, I cracked, and I was like, this is something that I can't edit out. Like, I got to put this yeah. in the episode. <laughs> yeah, so there's, it, it's all part of it. I mean, there, you know, there's certain outtakes you got to leave in. They're just, they're just funny moments. Uh, but, like, yeah, I'm obviously not the most tech-savvy guy, so I'm still learning stuff, too, but it it's definitely an experience. Uh I, I, I should upload a whole video of me trying to figure out how to do it because you will you will definitely laugh there. I've I've hit so many wrong buttons. I've deleted so many files accidentally. Uh, it it's a hassle. It's 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 a hassle, man. So how since you've started, have you got a taste of editing any bit of audio or video yet? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> now uh, I've 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 had. A lot of times where I'm like, "Ooh, this is really good. This is really good," and then I go back and listen, and I go, "Ooh, this is really bad. This is this is really really bad. This is this is bad." Uh, but the, yeah, uh, I've had to delete. Like it, it sucks because like I'll sit there, I'm like, "Ooh, I got a whole nice hour." Like I'll, I'll practice sometimes, like just for like lengths of video. I'm like, "Ooh, I got a nice hour talking," and then I edit it and I check like you know the full thing after, and I'm like, 36 minutes. Well, I, I took 30 minutes off off editing. Like, was it that? Was it, there's there that many moments where like I was not you know being productive with it? And I think that that's one thing you know I just got to learn too is like you know, 
maybe shoot for two hours and I'll break it down to one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all part of it. I mean, you can't get mad. But I guess that maybe that's a good thing because I'm trying to be as perfect as I can. But at the same time, I guess it, it's all just a learning process. Like, I probably won't even be that good at it at first. I'll have to figure it out. But that's part of, you know, learning, kind of like college. You're learning how to be an adult. Like, you're learning how to, you're learning how to do things that you never thought you'd be able to do on your own. It, 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 it doesn't get any easier when you get older. Like, like for example, I, I went to Walmart just yesterday, and I don't know if you've been here, but they changed the entire Walmart around. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I literally went there yesterday. And I'm so old that I didn't know where the bread was. I didn't know where the nacho cheese was. And for me to actually stop a worker that's, that's filling up a cart to, to shop for somebody else to say, excuse me, excuse me, where's the nacho cheese? Yeah, I, I, I literally... I felt so stupid yesterday. I went there and because I was getting, I was getting, uh, I wanted to get banana. I don't know. I get in college. Okay, in college, I have this like weird craving now, bro. I gotta have bananas. Like I'm a banana connoisseur now. So I get there and like it's usually when you walk in, it's like it's like the fruits to the right. Like it's right there and the bananas are the first thing you see. And I didn't see it there and I could not find the bananas. And I felt so dumb. I had to go up to the worker and go, "Can you show me where the bananas are?" He walked like two steps, turned to his right, and said, they're right here, dude. They were like right off the door, and I felt so dumb after. I walked out. <laughs> I just I went to like my local Circle K or uh, Safeway, and I got some there. Like I felt, I felt so ashamed of myself. I, yeah, like when I went there, it, it, it's a totally different experience. But another thing is, is just being in there and, and having conversations with people like you haven't seen. Like I've, I've seen a bunch of old coworkers, and I think that you, you'll start to notice that too. Like when you start coming back for breaks and, and stuff like that, you'll start to see old classmates like at, at Safeway or, or at Walmart. And, and it'll be a completely different feel. And, and those moments that you were able to share like in a classroom only last for mere seconds when you're in a grocery store. So it, it's totally weird to to see people that you used to spend like hours at a time with, you know, in your youth. And then as an adult, you just say, Hey, and then just pass by you yeah. know, with grocery carts. It's, it, it's, it's different. It, it's definitely different. It, and I probably hasn't hit me up because, you know, I've only been gone for a couple months, but I'm sure that like once I'm like senior year of college and I come down, you know, to visit or something, uh, then I see someone, I'll be like, Oh, what's up, man? Like right now it's like, it, it's almost in a way, like I've just been gone for a couple months and like now I'm back. But It'll definitely feel different, I feel, in years coming when I come back down because it'll be, you know, years as opposed to a couple months. But I, I get what you're saying, and I'll probably feel that soon. So, in, in your short time being away at GCU, what do you feel in yourself is the biggest change that you've made? Uh, I, I, like, if there's anything that's changed, I don't know. I just feel more, I feel more like an adult, like, and it's kind of funny, you know, how people say, like, the friends, like, when you, the friends you make in high school, there's, there's certain people that say, like, you won't be friends with all of them after. Uh, but for me, like, we have, like, our little group, like, there's eight of us, and I know that now that we still talk through college, we'll probably talk till we're old men, even though I'm, I'm already up there in age, I got old man knees. Don't, don't even. But, but, uh, uh, you know, you, I'm, obviously, I made a lot of friends in college, too, but, uh, I guess just growing up and having to break, you know, ties with with a lot of people. It's just part of life, but you keep those special bonds with the people that you've known for a while. Uh, so, the, like, the thing that I guess I've done most is just grown up, honestly. Like, it become more than an adult, and it's a big step. Like, you know, you still feel like a teenager when you're in senior year, but 
once you get to like your second week of college, dude, like you're a completely like you you will look back on your last week of your senior year and think like, wow, like I'm way like I have much more responsibility. I have much more things to do. I've done more things and I'm more responsible for myself. So the biggest thing for me is I took like a leap in my adulthood and I really feel like that I've taken charge of my life. And I, I mean, I'm happy for myself, but you really look back on it and you think like how, how much more stuff you've accomplished in like the little time. And you kind of sit there and you wish to yourself like, I wish I would have done this my senior year now because I would have been a lot more prepared for it in college. But I mean, I guess that's part of, you know, growing up. And now that you're in college and, and you're prepared to take on this sports business management courses, what are your plans after GCU? Like, if you could, if, if you could shape out your future right now, what, what is up next for Anthony Pistorio after graduating from GCU? ESPN. I, I want to be in ESPN somehow or – the dream, the big, big picture is I want to be like an assistant coach, manager, s- executive, CEO, president, vice president, anything like that for any major sports team. Like, I've, I don't know why it's been this team, but my joke to my friends has always been like, like I'll go up to Logan or something after the game and I'll be like, oh, we like what, you, we, like what we saw out there, kid. Uh, you know, I'm an executive for the Miami Dolphins. We'll be in talk. Like, it's always been the Miami Dolphins is the team I picked. So I'm just saying, you know, if in 10 years I'm with the Miami Dolphins – I called this my senior year. I was I started talking about it, but uh, the goal is just to be like with any sports team and any affiliation. Um, that's been like the big dream for me. You know, is at least I guess I could say that the uh, like my plan is to be in a job doing something like that that I love. That's not really a job; it's a hobby for me. Like I want my job to be a hobby almost. And would you want if if the opportunity presented itself where you were able to manage a sports team abroad, like? Uh, if the NFL were to branch off into England per se, and they actually had like an NFL England or, or something like that, would you take it upon yourself to try to help transplant those knowledgeable things that you've been able to pick up from here and then put it there? Or would you try to stay stateside? Whatever's the best opportunity. If they, if, if they called me up and they said, we want you to go to Germany and we want you to go, we want you to go to Belgium or we want you to go here and promote the NFL and do something like that. Whatever's the best opportunity for me, I'm taking it. Uh, obviously, you know, there's things that get in the way though, of like, you know, living and stuff like that. So I'd have to, you know, figure that out. But whatever is the best opportunity for me, my life and my job to coexist with each other, I'm taking. Like, like I said, I'll take any job in the States. Like if the Texans or the Seahawks, it does not matter to me. You know, uh, at that point, like, I've thought, too, like, if I'm, am I really, like, let's say, like, like I'm a huge Cardo fan. Like, if if the Niners were, like, we want you to be a part of our organization, like, looks like I ain't a fan no more. But, uh, yeah, honestly, like, it just comes down to, like, I, I, it's my dream, man, to just be a part of it somehow. Like, being a coach or just being an assistant or being in management, like, all those years of Madden franchise on the Xbox are going to pay off, man. Once they know that, a, dang, this 20-year-old knows how to work the luxury tax, man. He knows how to work the salary cap. Like, I don't know. I Hopefully, hopefully it had, that's the big picture for me, you know. Every assignment we do, it's like write something on this or that. I always do it on, like, a sports team's management or, like, a team's salary cap situation. Like, I actually just wrote, we had to, we, so we had to write an assignment about a current situation in the world with money or, you know, tax. So everyone's picking like government, like you know, economic tax, dude. I'm the only one that wrote 
a report on Kyler Murray's salary cap and how it's going to affect the Cardinals next year. And I got an A on it. She was, and she, she writes like on the bottom, she goes, great job. Interesting choice though. Everyone else chose government. And I'm like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like if that helps, you know what I mean? If that's any signal that I want to be involved in this type of work, that's what I've picked every seminar to help me. And it's not, you know, because it's easy for me. It's because that's what I want to do. Like if I was going to be like a business political guy, I would rove row every paper on something politically having to do with business. Whereas I'm doing sports management. So everything I'm writing, I'm going to choose in the sports world to help me get knowledge and to help me figure out things. And now that you're in college, you're, you're getting prepared to, to take that step into making that that choice for your career, what would be a job that you would absolutely turn down? Like, would it be something that would go completely against your morals, or what would be the reason that you would have to turn an opportunity down? You're talking for sports manager? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh I will take the bottom of the barrel job and work my way up because I know I can do it. Like as long as like they give me a start or a chance in any one of the fields, I know I can make it. Like for example, Mike McDaniel, who's now the head coach of Miami Dolphins, was a ball boy for the Broncos. Like anywhere that I can get a start, I will take it and I will flourish with it and do the best of my abilities that I can. Well, I have a cousin who works for the Cardinals, so I'll see what they're doing as far as their ball boy All right. situation. All right, hey man, yeah, you know. So, Vince, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be giving you a call. <laughs> but, but Ant, I know we, it's, it's crazy. I'm looking at the time. We've already been doing this for over yeah, an like hour. Yeah, it feels like I've been doing it for 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of anticipated this. I told you this yesterday. I was like, well, you're going to sit down, put the headsets on, and we're going to fly by. An hour's going to fly by. And, and here we are. Yep. But before you go, I know I told you I brought out this relic. And, and it's uh, the Senior Bowl program from the game, the first Senior Bowl from Game Time Recruiting and Consulting that you were actually a part of. And if you look on the Black Squad, number 16 from Florence is the wide receiver Anthony Pistorio. Yep. So we've already talked about how your experience was in the Senior Bowl. And, And we talked about it a little bit right now of how you're a little bit jealous because the, the boys are going to be doing a little bit more than what you got to do last year. What, what, is your, what is something that you would like to share with those athletes who choose to participate in the Senior Bowl, and, and what type of mindset do they need to go into during that game? Uh, the, honestly, like, my mindset in this was, I didn't even, like, okay, I didn't take it serious. I took it serious, but to me, it felt like like the high school Pro Bowl almost. So I sat there, you know, I got to know so many other players and, like, you know, I, I had fun with it and stuff, and I knew there were going to be other coaches. So, like, you want to perform well because there's coaches watching. But I had fun with it. And I, I maybe I'm not the best person to ask because at this point, like, when I was in the Senior Bowl, I was like, you know, if I don't really get, like, another offer that I want, I, I'm going to GCU and I'm going to do sports business management. And I kind of, like, I don't know, over time, it wasn't like I lost the love of the game for football or anything. I just felt like I could really take off with this, uh, you know, because reality sets in. You realize, you know, you're not you're not the six foot seven, two forty five left guard that's running a five two forty yard dash that's getting looked at by uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, the number one team in the country. Like you realize that you're not that guy, uh, but it's big for it's big for a lot of players that do want to go play. Uh, Mr. Rodney Cox is awesome, dude. Uh, he reached out to me like a year ago for this event, and I was a I was privilege to be a part of it I mean it was an honor and to see what he's doing with it this year it's like 
he's he's really upping it up a notch. I mean, there's so many more things going on. Like we talked about before, this the Dave and Buster's thing they're doing with the seniors. Uh, that's awesome. And I think that when I was there, I got a lot of great knowledge from a lot of great talented coaches from both sides of the ball like stuff that I didn't know certain audibles that I was like oh yeah that works and certain like schemes that I was able to see that maybe I can even use when I'm in my major like when I'm in my profession like you know you never know like I don't know what's going to happen I don't know if I'm going to be a broadcaster if I'm going to be a coach in management I don't know what so I'm preparing for all those things because why not but I would say that to certain people that are going that are going to senior bowl because they want to get looked at you just you got to have fun with it. Like, I don't like, I never really just, you just got to have fun with it. If you have fun with it and you're relaxed, you will do the best you can do. Trust me. How was it going into a game knowing that you wouldn't be putting on uniform that was red and black? It felt good, dude, because I had been running black since I was a child, man. I was like, finally get to wear something. And then I'm sitting there like, Ooh, the white jerseys look awesome. And then they're like, all right, you're on the black team. team. I'm like, man, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, at least I got a little green on this time, but dude, yeah. And, and your then, name on the back. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was cool too. That was cool to see. And I like the font and everything with it, but, and then they were like, you got to use your, like, you could use the helmets we provide or your school's helmet. And I'm like, oh, we went to black helmets this year. So I'm, I'm sitting in all black again. I'm like, are the pants at least white? Nope. Pants were black. And I'm like, dang, what's the sock? What's the socks looking like? Black socks. And I'm like, dude, I can never escape it. I'm telling you this right now. If I get into my profession and I get on a team like the Steelers or something like that where it's black, dude, I'm quitting. I can't I can't be in the black anymore, man. I mean, I like I like it, but but nah, uh it it was definitely unique to be in a different uniform that wasn't Florence at all. Uh but at the same time having the Florence helmet on, I felt still proud to represent. And I'm almost positive, I'm hoping that at least three of my guys will be in the senior bowl this year. We'll see. Uh, I've kind of kind of vouched for them a little bit, but I got three ballers that I that I played with, man, that I'm hoping will shine in the senior bowl. And I'm hoping that we get a lot more representation from Pinal County in the senior bowl because that's one thing that that I was able to observe while being there is that for some of them it wasn't even about getting seen. It was about just playing that one last time because yeah. they knew that it was their last opportunity to throw on their pads and whether it was hitting somebody, making mm-hmm. a catch, or, or or just doing your job, like you said. A lot of those guys just took that opportunity to do it one last time. And and that's one thing that I'm looking forward to doing too is just being there, getting to know this next group of seniors because one thing that, that Rodney has been able to afford us is the ability to meet all of these coaches, yeah. meet, meet these student athletes that we wouldn't – have normally have been able to meet because they are not within Pinal County, mm-hmm. but it, it's been a great experience. And, and one thing that I want to tell you is I, I know the last time you were here, I told you that maybe the next time you come, I'll, I'll hopefully have something for you. Yeah. And, and I do, I, oh. I, I, I hid this from you. So that way oh, do you? you can stay out of sight and out of mind. Oh, but hey. you are a small town kid. Hey, Big city dreams. Appreciate it. Yo, you just made me think of my new merch too, man. Dude, we were just talking, do your job. I got to get that Antelope merch, you know, for my podcast. Do your job with the dash that says Ant right there, man. But I appreciate it, man. No problem, Thank man. you, man. Yeah, and uh, like like you were saying, yeah, I, like the people that I vouch for for the Senior Bowl, uh, they want to go play the next level, and I know they will. So I think that that's a big thing is you're going to have a lot more people this year that are playing 
to go to the next level. You're not, you know, like a lot of people last year that I talked to were like, yeah, man, I'm not going to really go anywhere after this. This is my last chance. I'm hoping that the narrative this year is that like we had this guy from the senior bowl, this guy, this guy, this guy, they went to this college, this college and this college. Cause like a big thing that I did see too was like Ronnie, he works with game time. They have a lot more people like recruits now, like on their roster this year than last year. And it's because of the senior bowl, like at least 12 guys that I played with on the black team, all ended up be joining game time, you know, recruiting, or, like, they had teammates that joined game time recruiting after. So I think it was great publicity for not just the players, but for Rodney and what he's trying to do. And I don't think people will appreciate that enough, but he puts a lot of work in for this event. He, he puts in a lot of work for this event. And one thing that I don't think that people take into consideration, too, is that even though he's uh, done, graduated from Southern New Hampshire College, he, he got his his – uh, masters, if I'm not mistaken, he's on his way to being an agent for the NFL. That's what his um, uh, major goal is, to, to represent players in the NFL and, and make sure that they themselves can, can go a route that Rodney uh, can help them you know, get through. And I feel like with student athletes like you who, who have been able to take part in his uh, program and, and, and have fun in them it'll only give other student athletes especially with you saying you vouched for three of, of your Florence Gophers I, I look forward to going to that event and, and being at Dave and Buster's doing that live streaming event and sitting across from some familiar faces from Florence because one thing that that we had talked to Rodney about prior was there wasn't a lot of of interactions from these seniors in Pinal County that we had either vouched for ourselves or said, you know, this is somebody you got to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what those Gophers do in, in the Senior Bowl. Hopefully they get put on the white squad so they, they don't have that same feeling <laughs> as you uh, wearing the black uniforms. But, but, yeah. but nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm going to personally ask Rodney, and hopefully he hears this, that I'm going to need either a black or a white jersey with number 21 on the back. Hey, there you go. And, 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 I, and everything is free. All the streaming. All <laughs> <laughs> get, that, get that. You got to get that plug right there. You got to throw it in there, man. Hey. Shameless plug. Hey. <laughs> well, and it, it's almost been an hour and a half. I, I won't take up too much of your time. I know that we, we got a couple of things to do. You got to head back out to GCU yep. this afternoon. I appreciate you coming through. This is always fun. I, it's just unfortunate that you have to come through every time when Daniel's not here and, and he's not able to participate in the conversation. I'm starting to notice a trend with that, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, he had to go to Kansas because uh, his brother-in-law is getting married. And, and shout out to Greg for, you know, your big commitment. And, and I wish you and your wife the best. Um, he's in Kansas right now, but he also had the opportunity to work for the World Series. Yeah. And he had to turn it down to, to make sure that he was able to, to be a part of this family event. And I know for sure when we found out that the Diamondbacks were going to be in the World Series, mm -hmm. it, it, it was a, a totally different feel from him because he was like, I could just be driving right there instead of flying to wherever these games were. I could be just driving you know, exactly. to Chase Field. But I know that when he gets back, he's going to be pretty excited because we're going to have playoff football to be you know, oh, going yeah. over. Um, he'll be back, I think, next week, if I'm not mistaken, I think on the 9th. So we're getting ready to, to hear from the AIA. Hopefully today we'll get to find out if we're going to be streaming a game either here in Pinal County or anywhere in southern Arizona 
just hoping to get that nod so that way we can just take our equipment out there and then just be our best. But, and again, I, I thank you for coming through. I know it, it took a little while to, to, to make it happen, but I'm glad that, that you were finally able to sit down up here at the Titan Tower for the second time. You got you some VB merch. Hopefully you, know. you rocked that around at GCU. Got to get some antelope merch for you guys next time, man. Oh, we'll please see. do. You already know. Please do. <laughs> All right, Ant, if, if that's it, I'm just going to, to send it off with the normal way I do, and that's going to be take it easy.